0: Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm gonna teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Happy New Year and welcome back to the podcast. I can't even believe it, it's 2021. I am so ready for this year. Just because, you know, 2020 was quite the year. I mean, in terms of with the pandemic and having all the shutdowns happen and having a baby, like my life looks a lot different today than it did last year. And I'm so excited to plan for this upcoming year and what I want to do with my business and how I want to be as a mom. There's just so many fun things that are happening. So I hope you are excited too and that you had a great New Year's Eve. Um, let's get started today. So today we're talking about something a little bit different. Uh, I'm doing more of a personal episode this time because I know at this time of year, we like to set goals and most of us like to set a health goal at this time of year. You know, some of us, you know, want to drop a couple pounds. Some of us want to, you know, have more activity in the gym or we want to eat a bit better. So what I wanted to go over today is actually how I lost the last 10 pounds this year. And I'm going to go over exactly how I did it, when I implemented what changes, what were the most effective, because I know firsthand that last 10 pounds is the hardest to lose. It hangs on and it's a bit of a struggle. So that is what I want to cover today. And, you know, just give you a bit of an insight about how I did it. And if, you know, Shedding a little bit of body fat or getting into shape for the new year is something that's on your CEO goal to-do list. Well, maybe this episode can give you a little bit of a personal insight that will help you get going. So, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I had my baby almost a year ago. She's actually 11 months old this week. Where the heck does the time go? Uh, And the reason, the reason I mention this is because. You know, some of us entrepreneurs, we really love the idea of our brain and body optimization and biohacking and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, some of us just really want to look good while doing it. And I do want to stress the idea that like it's not about weight on the scale and it never has been. A lot of it's just about how I feel in my clothes and everything like that. But there's also nothing wrong with wanting to lose a couple pounds. And so this is how I biohacked my way down 10 pounds and got back to my pre-baby weight. So I want to say something really interesting that I found. Even though I'm currently at my pre-baby weight, I'm not at my pre-baby body. And this was just something I did not expect. And so it might be something interesting if this is a journey you're on that realizing that the end goal that you have set for yourself might look different than what you had planned. And that's totally okay. So for me... I had to go and buy the majority of my clothes brand new after baby, even though I got back to the exact same weight. I mean, except for my Lululemon. I have I have so much Lululemon in my closet, and I, th- those clothing are like magic. I fit my Lulu pants from... Before pregnancy, all the way up to 40 weeks. I even have a winter jacket that I was like, oh my gosh, this is a magic jacket. It fit me until 38 weeks pregnant, zipped up. And I I have it on the other day, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this zips up and it it feels snug. Like, what is going on with this magic jacket? But I did have to go and buy all new clothes. Um, my hips are wider. It's so strange. Like they are just wider, they're never gonna go back. My rib cage is wider and it probably won't go back. And I noticed this in things like like, even though my weight is the same and I look in photos and I look the same size it I notice it in things like my my jeans will go up but the button-up part is too tight and like my bras all my sports bras are too tight now so what that is telling me is that my actual rib cage is wider and I can definitely say part of it too is I lost a bit of muscle mass during my pregnancy as I wasn't able to do like a strict leg workout for almost a year I would say. And my legs carry a lot of muscle. And um, I had really bad pelvic pain to the point where I couldn't walk more than 2,000 steps a day for the majority of my pregnancy. And it was very painful. And I had a lot of low back pain. Um, And anytime I did anything single leg like lunges or um, even like a lot of walking, I would be in a lot of pain. So my program did change. So I wouldn't doubt that I have lost some muscle mass in this too, which is probably contributing to a bit of how my shape feels like it's changed. But to just give you a bit of reference i gained almost 35 pounds during my pregnancy and i got all the way up to 163 on the day like the the week that i delivered and i dropped to 141 pounds in the 10 days following so what i really want to point out for this podcast is that 163 to 141 that 22 pound drop i don't count that as like weight loss because this is a natural drop off i mean once the baby comes out and you just end up losing a lot of the fluid and bloating, naturally your body goes down. So I didn't have to do anything extra or strategize to lose those first 22 pounds. So what I really want to be narrowing in on is the strategy that I used to knock off the the last 10 pounds, the struggle 10 pounds that I found was the hardest to get off and that took a focused effort. I didn't just have to go through my daily life and burn that off. Now, I know that I'm focusing a lot on pregnancy, but this doesn't have to do with your, with pregnancy. I mean, you could just be wanting to lose 10 pounds or five pounds or 20 pounds just for fun, right? But I do want to point out that, um, I know some women lose a lot of weight just because they were breastfeeding, and I want to be the first person to say that was not me. Breastfeeding literally made no difference in the amount of weight that I lost. Uh, If anything, it probably made it a little harder for me, and I know everyone's experience is different, but I just wanted to say that so that you know that my experience is relatable and that it wasn't to do with just being able to breastfeed and lose those last 10 pounds. So on February 18th, that's kind of when I lost all that initial weight and I was weighing about 141 pounds and I stayed there until actually the end of April because my focus was really just on recovering and taking care of the baby and I gave myself two months of that just to let my body be and not focus on, you know, my health or anything like that, but really just focus on getting used to being a mom. So I call April 14th as my starting date. So baby was born February 8th. I felt like I really started saying, okay, I'm going to start getting back into shape. I'm going to start taking care of myself again and eating well and sleeping well. So that all started April 14th. And on that day, I was weighing in at 141.6 pounds. So I reached my starting weight, so what I was pre-pregnancy, at 130 pounds on September 25th. So it took me five and a half months to lose that weight. And that's about, it's about just over 11 pounds. And it was just about two pounds per month. And I want to say that you don't have to have all of this time available to take care of yourself and to reach your goals. Like it doesn't have to be fast. You don't have to lose 10 pounds in two months. It can be over five, six, seven months. Because when you are finally at a place where you feel comfortable in your body and you're fitting your clothes well, then it doesn't matter how long it took to get there. What it happens is it just needs to be something that is sustainable. I mean, I was running my full business. I was seeing clients again just about two weeks actually after baby came because I absolutely love, love, love my business and I love my clients and I was so excited to get a little normalcy back into my life, but I was running a full business and a coaching practice and being a mom to a newborn and making this all work So I want you to know that it wasn't some kind of plan that had me in the gym six days a week and intermittent fasting and all these things like that, because that's just not what my life looked like. So you can totally do this with a plan that fits around your lifestyle. So there were two things that made the biggest difference. And I do want to just start this by saying that I have been in the weight loss coaching industry for a long time. I actually started as a personal trainer in 2013. Might have even been 2012, actually. But I was teaching fitness classes as far back as 2008. And I have been, you know, helping people with weight loss. And so this is my area of specialty. And what I found is that during that time, there are things that work a little bit differently for everyone. So I'm going to give you the formula that worked for me. And there are two things that made the biggest difference. Number one is getting quality sleep. And number two is improving overall activity, and not exercise, funny enough. It's overall activity, meaning how active I am during a day, not how many workouts I get in a week. And I do want to say, though, that with my food... Like during this time, I wasn't eating bad because you cannot slim down and you cannot have a healthier body on a poor diet. So food is important, but I actually found, and I'm going to be sharing with you how I found this, that sleep and improving overall activity during a day were the two things that made the biggest difference to how uh, my clothes were fitting and how I looked. So the very first thing I did was create a project plan for this goal to get down to 130, where... I I saw myself at the end of this goal and if you don't know how to project plan your health check back just on the last episode of this podcast so the becoming limitless podcast I talked all about how to create a specific project plan now with this project plan I started in the areas that I could fit into my lifestyle consistently first and didn't worry about being I didn't worry about being fancy or having you know everything be complicated and all at once I just started slow so like I said we started on April about in April And for activity, my goal was I just want to walk two to three times per week. I just want to start. And my walks would be, you know, moderate intensity. Uh, They'd be 45 minutes, an hour. So I was just looking at adding a little bit of activity in and then right about in, April is when I started my project sleep. So if you don't know what my project sleep is, first I highly check you. I highly recommend you go to my Instagram, just at Tanessa Shears, and check out the highlight along the top of my profile that says uh, Project Sleep. Because what I did was I documented firsthand exactly what I did to change my sleep, and I tracked it with my my sleep numbers from my Fitbit, and I used to post exactly what they were and what changes I did that helped me sleep longer or helped me with more deep sleep or helped me with more dream sleep and I documented the whole three month sleep project live on Instagram with exactly what I was doing to get the results and then if you don't know I actually ended up writing a a book that's available on Amazon it's called Focus Hack Your Sleep for More Productivity Energy and Growth in Your Business in which I outline and include all of the spreadsheets exactly how I became like a ninja at sleeping because I value my sleep I've seen what a difference it makes in my life and my business and my energy and how I feel during the day. So this was actually the start of my project sleep when I publicly um showed exactly how I was changing my sleep. Um, I also started back in April doing no sugar and no flour in my diet, but I only was doing it five days a week. So nothing super complicated. It was just basically during my work week because I wanted my brain to be optimized. So my work days are are Tuesday to Saturday. So I was highly focused on keeping my meals, whole foods, no sugar, no flour, all whole foods, about five days a week. So in the month of April, and especially during Project Sleep, I lost the first 4.2 pounds. Literally, that's all I changed was I walked two to three times a week. I worked on my sleep. And if you need a guide, go grab my book on Amazon. It's called Focus because it gives you a step-by-step breakdown of exactly what I did. And I did no sugar, no flour for five days a week. And that was it. Like those are such small changes, but that got me almost halfway to my goal. So then in the month of May, actually, I started returning to exercise four days per week. And again, it wasn't crazy. And it was all from home at that time because it was during the pandemic and the gyms were actually still closed. So this is all doable without access to a gym. So I did buy myself a gift for having my daughter. I actually went out and bought myself a spin bike because if you know me, I am obsessed, obsessed with the Peloton app. I pay like 15 bucks a month Canadian which is not that much and basically I get access to the classes there's spin classes and there's boot camp classes and there's yoga classes and running class oh my gosh every type of class and the teachers are amazing and having been a fitness instructor for like over 10 years I am super picky with the type of classes that I will take and these classes are amazing if you have never tried it go check out the Peloton app it's so good anyways I bought myself a bike And then I just put this app on my iMac screen and I do classes. So I ended up doing two spin classes, no more than like 30 minutes a week. And then two strength training days where I was working up intensity. So I'm talking like at first it was all body weight, 20 minute strength workouts. And it was super gradual because you got to remember I'm returning from almost a year of very low intensity exercise followed by recovering from childbirth. So it doesn't need to be crazy, but this is having gone from nothing Up to this, so two bike rides a week and two strength activities. So that was May. Uh, About mid June, my husband and I we decided to remove sugar and flour completely for 30 days. We did this on June 22nd till July 21st. So if you check back, we did a couple episodes on nutrition where we talked all about why I remove sugar and flour and our story and everything like that. But we like to do these 30-day challenges every once in a while. At the time of recording, we are actually a couple days into another 30-day challenge right now. It's just a really nice way to reset, to get back control of my body, manage the cravings, and hopefully everything will um, go just as smoothly as it has before. But mid-June, we moved uh, sugar and flour for 30 days completely. And during that 30-day period, I lost another 2 pounds. So you can see this is super gradual. April was a bit of a fast start at 4 pounds. May, didn't really lose anything. June, lost another two. And now we're getting into July. So July is when I started adding more intensity. I started doing walk-run classes. So I would do some walking and some running, kind of interval training because I was just getting back to it. Um, We went back to doing, you know, eating sugar and flour only two days a week and then What I did was I returned to intermittent fasting in July. So one of the reasons that I kept a lot of carbohydrates and uh, skipped out on the intermittent fasting a bit more towards the beginning of this journey is because my body needed the food early in the morning. Like breastfeeding makes you super hungry. And I really found that it was a... A way to help me feel energized in the morning. So I wasn't actually doing any type of intermittent fasting at the beginning. So in July, I returned to wide window intermittent fasting, which means that I basically ate for 12 hours and then didn't eat for 12 hours. So If you're not familiar with intermittent fasting, it basically just means you eat the same amount of calories as you would in a normal day, but you condense it into a 12-hour window. So if you normally eat 2,200 calories a day, you just eat it within a 12-hour window instead of spreading it out all over the day. Like for the most part, before I began intermittent fasting like a couple years ago... I would, you know, eat at 6 a.m. and then I would eat again at 10 and maybe again at 2 and then again for dinner and then a snack at night and maybe wrap up by 8 or 9 and my, I'd be eating, you know, 13, 14, 15 hours a day. So I really like the fasting process and we'll probably go over this in another episode because it really helps me um, feel clear. It allows my digestive system to have a break. And the other thing is it allows your brain to break down. Uh, all of the cells that are no longer functioning properly anymore. It's called autophagy. It's actually a really neat process, but that's besides the point. I was doing a 12, 12 window. So this would kind of look like, you know, I'd eat at like seven or eight in the morning and then I would wrap up dinner at seven or eight at night. Just really simple, not huge changes, especially if you've never done intermittent fasting. It is so easy just to do a 12-12 window, Um, and it worked quite well for me. So that was in July, walk, run, sugar flower two days a week, return to wide window intermittent fasting. Then I went into August where I didn't really change anything except for the fact that my walk runs became runs. And when I do running, I like doing uh, no more than 20 minutes, but I like doing very high intensity. Like I'm talking sprinting. I like hitting like 10, 11, 12 miles an hour on the treadmill and just like giving her for 20 minutes and then doing some strength training after. So at this point, you know, I'm only back to the gym two days a week keeping it really simple. Gyms are open, mostly doing, you know, 20 minutes of running, maybe 20 minutes of strength. Everything's super easy, but notice I hadn't lost any weight during this. So I've been walk running, I'd been eating well, I'd been changing up the things, but I didn't see actually any weight loss all of July and all of August. But because my focus wasn't the number, but gaining my strength back and gaining my energy back and starting to feel good in my body that I didn't worry about the numbers. I didn't I didn't let not seeing that number drop for a month or two be something that was going to throw me off of track because to me, ultimately, I know I'm going to get there. It is my body and it is going to take its time and I know I'm doing the things that my body needs in order to be its healthiest. And whether I ended up reaching my pre-baby weight or not, That was fine, but I just had to consistently be making the right choices because if I didn't see any weight loss in July and August and I quit then, well, I would have been stuck at down only six pounds. But because I decided that no matter what the numbers are, no matter how long this takes, no matter if it takes more than a year, less than a year, two years, I am going to stay committed to my health. It led me to September, in which I saw another big whoosh. And in terms of talking about weight loss, I find that there are usually two types of people when I've worked with clients specific to weight loss. Clients are either linear droppers or they're whoosh droppers. So a linear dropper is someone that will consistently lose, you know, half a pound, a pound a week consistently all the way to their end goal. And I find that I see this most often, I guess, at the beginning of a weight loss journey. And I see this more consistently in men. But particularly with the majority of women I've worked with, they are whooshers, which basically means that they'll see a large drop off. So they'll see five or 10 pound drop and then they will hold their weight consistently. And this might be two weeks. It might be a month. It might be two months, even three months. And then they'll see whoosh. It's a big drop where they'll lose another five, six, 10 pounds over the span of a month. And linearly, this always works out to half a pound a pound a week or whatever the goal was, but it's fascinating to see And having seen it for myself, I had my first whoosh back in April where I lost 4.2 pounds when I was just walking, doing no sugar, no flour, and sleeping. And I saw my second whoosh in September. So that's uh, May, June, July, August. Five months later, I saw my second whoosh. And the only thing I changed in September was that I did a challenge live on Instagram in which I challenged everyone in, in the community that we follow to have no sedentary days for the month of September. And I challenged them to have a minimum of 5,500 steps every single day in September, no matter what. And this is when I discovered that, you know, some of my days where I have six or seven coaching calls back to back or I'm with clients, I'm quite sedentary because I'm sitting or standing still. So what I would have to do is I'd have to go out at the end of the evening and go for a walk or take walks between clients or make sure that I was getting a workout in on those days because... I wasn't getting enough steps. And even on the days where I'd get one of my workouts, I could still get less than 5,500 steps. Like a workout just doesn't mean that you're active that day. So like I said back at the beginning of this podcast, one of the biggest things that I actually ended up doing was increasing my overall activity level instead of just my workouts. So if you were thinking about your workouts, you might be like, okay, well now I'm eating, or eating, (laughs) working out four days a week, I'm gonna bump it up to five, and then maybe two a days on Saturdays. No. What I would look at first before you pile on a bunch of extra high-intensity workouts is are you active during the day? If you are only hitting 2,000 or 3,000 steps during the day, we need to take a serious look at this and that your, the behavior of being sedentary is much more likely to create stagnant weight loss than being active. And it doesn't need to be complicated. Like you don't need to have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch or something to count your steps. Like if you, your phone likely has a natural step counter in it. If you just keep it in your pocket all day, it'll count your steps. The other thing you can do is you can go to Walmart or wherever you want and get a pedometer. So a pedometer is a fancy word for step counter. And you could get a step counter for like 10 bucks And it's a wonderful way to get more active. And so many studies have shown that when you measure your steps, when you measure any variable of your health, you are much more likely to succeed. That is why I quantify my steps per day. That is why I quantify my sleep. That is why I quantify my productivity. Because I always want to make sure that I am proactively moving forward and taking account of what I'm doing. So in the month of September, the only change I made was minimum 5,500 steps per day. And most days I get closer to eight to 10,000, but there is usually one or two days a week where I was sitting at two to 3,000. So by being consistently active for a whole month, I had a whoosh and I dropped 4.4 pounds. So if you add that up, it was 4.2 pounds in April, another two pounds in, you know, mid June, So I'm sitting here at 6.2 pounds and then another 4.4 pounds in September. So we're looking at a total of almost 11 pounds. And the things that made the biggest difference were taking care of my sleep, number one. And number two, being more active consistently. Not just about the workouts you're doing, but what you're doing every single day to keep your body moving the way we were designed to be. We weren't meant to be sitting all day. And I've talked about that on episodes before. So... When it comes down to it, having experienced this weight loss journey firsthand, it wasn't about how many days a week you were in the gym. It wasn't about how many calories I was eating. It wasn't even about, you know, how many grams of protein I was eating. It came down to whole foods at least five days a week, getting adequate eight hours of sleep per night that was quality and moving every single day. So our biggest takeaway, sleep, sleep, sleep. If you don't sleep, you're going to eat more during the day. You're going to move less during the day. And your body's going to be less sensitive to insulin. Insulin is that hormone that puts blood sugar into the muscle, liver, and fat cells. And your body is less sensitive to that. So we need to keep pumping out more insulin to do the same job. And this can actually lead to weight gain. The other thing is, if you don't sleep enough, your cortisol goes up. That's your stress hormone, and that leads to fat deposition around your midsection and also resistant weight loss. Sleep is non-negotiable when it comes to weight loss and when it comes to taking care of your body and to feeling your absolute best. My second takeaway, like I said, is increase your overall activity level. So that means no sedentary days. We're looking at minimum 5,500 to 6,000 steps per day. Number three big takeaway is I want you to think about removing inflammatory foods. This is what we did because we've talked about it on a previous episode. The glycemic variability is very important for fat loss. So if you're constantly eating foods that have your blood sugar go up, and then insulin brings it back down. And then blood sugar goes up when you eat again and insulin brings it back down. If you're constantly on that roller coaster, it is going to be very difficult to lose body fat because your body is always going to be relying on easy-to-eat sugars that are available in the blood instead of actually accessing the stored fat that we have, which is the fat that we're trying to lose. So if we're also looking at removing inflammatory food, We can look back to episode five where we talked about oils that are creating inflammation and food tolerances because if you are unable to lose weight or you're at a sticking point, it might be because there is something in your diet that is causing inflammation. So removing inflammatory foods is the third takeaway. My last takeaway for dropping your last 10 pounds or whatever the goal is you've set is to plan absolutely everything in advance. Leave nothing up to chance. This goes back to our last episode when we're talking about making a project plan. You should know what you're eating that week for your weekly food plan and know what meals you're going to be eating. And you need to know when you're going grocery shopping so that you don't skip it or you don't go to the grocery store and only buy half the groceries you need we need to be planning any off-plan eats at least 24 hours advance. So if I knew that there was a celebration coming up and I was going to want to have some cheesecake, I'm planning that in advance so that I know that my choices are not going to be emotional in the moment food choices, that they are always in the interest of my growth and my long-term personal development, right? Uh, The next thing We're planning in advance. So we have our food. We have off-plan eats. You're planning your workouts. And like I said, it doesn't have to be complicated. I just started with two to three one-hour walks a week. Keep it simple. And the fourth one is you need to plan for your sleep. And we did an episode all on the CEO night routine and creating a plan so that you have adequate sleep. Episodes two, three, and four are all about having an amazing sleep. So if you haven't listened to those, definitely go watch those. Or go listen to those, I guess. You're not watching them if they're on a podcast. But um, so one last note that I wanted to mention is if we think about the linear weight gain and weight loss of my pregnancy, and I know that you might not have gone through pregnancy, but I just want you to use this as food for thought. It took me eight months to gain that weight. Meaning if pregnancy is, you know, 40 weeks And it was about at about 8 to 10 weeks where I first started to notice a little bit of weight gain. It took 8 months for that weight to grow. And it took 7 months to lose it. And I thought this was so interesting because it was almost the exact amount of time to take off that it took to put on. Now... I don't know exactly how, how much we can extrapolate this to a non-pregnancy weight gain, but the, 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 what I really want you to understand on this is just to be patient with this process of changing your body. Whether you're trying to lose a little bit of body fat or get leaner or grow a little bit more muscle or be healthier in any way, it is so important to understand that your patience is essential, Your consistency is essential. This process does not happen overnight and fast weight loss usually comes right back. So you want to think like, well, did it take me a year to put on 25 pounds? Maybe we should start considering that it might take a year to take off 25 pounds and really start to allow your brain to settle into the The idea that you're not failing just because it doesn't come off in three months or it doesn't come off perfectly linear or maybe you're one of those people that get whoosh weight losses. But we need to be consistent and patient and develop that relationship with ourselves where we love ourselves no matter what. Like I really did notice this coming out of my pregnancy that I respected my body in a whole different way and I loved myself at every size. Yeah, it wasn't the funnest to get up in the morning and try my pants on and really come to understand the point where nothing fits and it's never going to fit again and I don't feel comfortable in my clothes and these shirts pull at the wrong angles and it doesn't feel good. But being in a rush to get out of that, that just literally means that you are likely going to run into that roadblock, that it is not going to go fast enough and you're more likely to either quit on yourself or do something drastic like... Uh, go on a one week fast despite not having practiced intermittent fasting before and you'll lose the weight really quick but then you won't have developed the grit and the mindset and you won't have stepped into who you need to become in order to maintain that weight loss. So I hope that has been really helpful and insightful in just how I did it and to show you that it doesn't need to be crazy and over the top and you don't need to be asleep to the gym and eating only broccoli in order to get to the body shape that you want to be in it can just start slow as long as you're planning it and you're adding it in one thing at a time small changes yield big results over the long term and just before we go I have created one of my favorite resources today. It's called 12 Ways to Biohack Your Energy. It is a guide that teaches you my 12 favorite biohacks to help you waking up highly focused with plenty of energy and so you are super productive in your business. It is 12 biohacks which are going to leave you feeling clear and optimize your brain and it is completely free. These are my favorite things to do with myself. They are my favorite things to do with my clients. And they are the the biohacks that keep me my healthiest and my happiest. If you haven't checked it out yet, go download it for free. It's at tanessashears.com forward slash playbook. It's called 12 Ways to Biohack Your Energy. I will leave a link in the description. Otherwise... Happy 2021. I am so excited to share this year coming up with you. If you have any topics that you would love, love, love to see on the podcast, I would love for you to send me an email or, you know, find me on Instagram and send me a DM. I would love this podcast to be something that you go to as a resource that serves you and helps you grow as an entrepreneur physically, mentally, emotionally. And I want this to be that. So definitely feel free to reach out and let me know what would help you most. If you love this, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss another episode. And if you wouldn't mind, head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. I would love to hear your honest feedback. It really, really helps me reach more people and make a bigger impact in the lives of other CEOs who are trying to optimize their brain. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful 2021. We'll see you next week. Bye. Ready to begin each day feeling energized and focused? I'd love to work with you one-on-one. In my Becoming Limitless program, you're gonna learn how to optimize your brain and body with science and biohacking so you can be highly productive and grow your business faster. Join me over at tenessashears.com slash work with me. I'll see you there.